0: Oh, I kick the stool out of the road. <laughs> hey, our minister this morning is Esther Ninian, who is here to lead us in worship. Esther has been with us many times and really needs no introduction other than welcome again, Esther. Thank you. Thank you the the intimations are in the, the pew sheet. Uh, just a quick scan through them. The Queen's Platinum Jubilee celebrations, uh, the forum of uh, an afternoon tea, all the details are there. Um, the, They are going to donate £2 a ticket to the Plant a Tree for the Jubilee, a part of the Queen's Jubilee celebrations. Christian Aid, the envelopes are in the pew leaflets this morning and can be returned any time up until the 22nd of May. The Boys' Brigade are having their annual presentation awards night, um, so it would be good to see a good attendance there and support the boys and their efforts. Next week, we have Maureen Leach, uh, again well known to us as a substitute for our own Minister Varry at the moment, who is on a well earned holiday. Finally, I have been advised of the sudden death of the husband of one of our members, a Mrs. Rita McCann. No details of the funeral are available at present, and I would ask you to remember the family in your thoughts and prayers. Thank you. Good
1: Good morning. It's lovely to be back with you again. Um, and he, so far this morning, everything's gone wrong that could go wrong. <laughs> I think you'll be better off next week with Maureen. <laughs> when I came to Paisley many decades ago, eh, the interim moderator at Castle Head was Suzanne Levy, and she arranged a lunch for all the lady ministers in Paisley Presbytery. And that group has changed over the years, but it still meets now and again for coffee. And I'm still invited to it. I call it the coven. And, uh, don't tell them that. And Maureen's one of them. So, and in the fact, I had lunch recently with Maureen, so you'll be in safe hands next week. I'm not seeing anything about this morning. Our call to worship. Answer us when we call, O God, be gracious and hear our prayer. Let the light of your face shine upon us, so let us worship God, and we have heard a joyful sound. Hymn 249. disaster. There we go. It's lovely to hear you singing so well. Could I just point out to those who like doing housework that Jesus Saves is a wonderful tune to do your hoovering to. (laughs) I was doing it yesterday morning and I couldn't get it out of my hand and it's really quite not too energetic, gets the job done. So if it lives in your head, go and hoover. Let us pray. Across the chasm of 2,000 years, we reach out to you, O God. Jesus is our bridge in time and space. The resurrection happened once, and yet there have been witnesses to it ever since. The miracle was a moment in time, yet every day someone somewhere discovers its power anew. Lord, arise, fresh within our understanding, we pray, come and meet us where we are and fill us with your power and your grace. We feel at home here in your house, Lord, continuing the rituals we have learnt. We like the way things are done here in the company of like-minded folk. We confess that we want to keep what we have found here safe, within these walls, keep it to ourselves, keep you to ourselves, to avoid the peril of explanation and exposure. So, in the silence of this moment, we confess how we have failed to be your people, Lord, forgive us for setting boundaries on your love. Help us to be the church without walls, witnessing to you in the every day and in every way through the power you offer us by the Holy Spirit as we say together, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. (coughs) Well, it's lovely to see so many boys and girls here in church today, and I wonder, would you like to play a game? Yeah. Yeah, right now if you want I think the children can stand up that would be lovely those who want that's it superb the congregation you can stay seated (laughs) but that does not mean you're not doing it okay got that now we're going to play Simon Says oh do you know Simon Says Yeah. yeah so if I say Simon Says do this you do it if I say do that you don't do it, no. Would you like a wee run-through? No. no? <laughs> the confidence of use. Okay. Are you ready? Are you steady? Yeah. Are you listening? Yeah. yeah, good. Simon says, do this. Simon says, do that. Simon says, do that. Simon says, do that. Says, do, that. do that. Oh, oh. Oh, 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 oh right we'll start again hands down Simon says do that 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 do that ooh, ooh. All you can see is hands kind of going. Ooh, ooh. one last time you're very good at this you're beating me hands down are you ready Simon says do that Simon says do that Simon says, do that, do that. (laughs) Well done, you can sit down. I think you all deserve a round of applause. Well done. I should, I'm, I'm, I'm well, dog, cat, dog, 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 cold, dog, doesn't have so it's called dog. That seems eminently sensible. It saves any problem. He's lovely. He's got a bit of a leg. He's got a nice wee dance move there. That's it. That's it. He was just having a dance. Like that. A bit like Simon Says. That's lovely. Now, you see, throughout life, there'll be people who will tell you what to do. Even at my great age, there are still people who tell me, what to do. If you're the youngest in a family, you never get old enough to get rid of that. There's I, a big sister and a big brother to sort me out. And one of the things we have to learn in life is who to follow. Now, if the teacher tells you to do something, you do it. Mum and dad and grand and grandpa and aunts and uncle tell you to do something, you do it. You're quite right. If a bad boy or girl told you to do something? You don't do it. it. No, you do not. And that can go out. There's always people, it doesn't matter how old they'll be, there's always people that are wanting us maybe to make a mistake, to follow them, and they're not doing something. They may not be doing anything wrong in that the police would come and get you, but do something that God wouldn't want us to do. And that can affect you at school, at nursery. There might be someone comes new to your class and some of of your fellow pupils say, oh, I don't like him or her and we're not going to play with him or her. And you know that God would want you to make friends with the person and to show care to the person. And that can be very difficult when everybody else isn't doing it. And as we grow up, there are times in life when all of us And there are times in life, if we're honest, all of us do something wrong. Even me. I know I'm look angelic, but I'm not. We all make mistakes. We all do things wrong. And we have to ask God and tell him that we're feeling sorry and ask to be forgiven. But if we try from the youngest person to the oldest person to follow God's law, to love one another as we love ourselves, we won't go far wrong. Even when it's difficult, it's easy to follow God when it's easy. But it's not so easy when he's asking us to do something that makes us stand out from the crowd. But in the times when it's difficult, he's still with us and he'll help us. So before you go out to your fun and games, we're going to sing a hymn about that, which is about don't being afraid. Do not be afraid, for I have redeemed you. Hymn 191. Hymn 191.
2: Good morning. Our reading this morning is taken from John chapter 21 and will be read in two parts. The first part will read from verse 1 to verse 14. John chapter 21, reading from verse 1. Sometime later, Jesus Jesus showed himself to his disciples once again by the Sea of Tiberias. This is how it happened Simon Peter was with Thomas the twin. Nathaniel from Canaan, Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. I am going out fishing, said Simon Peter. We will go with you, said the others. So they set off and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Morning came and Jesus was standing on the beach. But the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends! Have you caught anything? No, they answered. He said, throw out the net to starboard and you will make a catch. They did so and found they could not haul the net on board. There were so many fish in it. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he fastened his coat about him, for he had stripped and plunged into the sea. The rest of them came on in the boat, towing the net full of fish. They were only about 100 yards from land. When they came ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish laid on it and some bread. Jesus said, Bring some of the fish you have caught. Simon Peter went on board and hauled the net to land. It was full of big fish, 153 in all. And yet, many as there were, the net was not torn. Jesus said, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and the fish in the same way. This makes the third time that Jesus appeared to disciples after his resurrection from the dead.
1: Thank you. Here we are, the third resurrection appearance according to John. The disciples, at least some of them, had left the locked room and gone home. Had they gone home to await the Spirit? Had they gone home to reassess? Had they gone home to get their lives back on track? We don't know. All we do know is that in John's Gospel, they've gone home, home to loved ones, and home to the job they knew well, home to the fishing. And it was at home, some of them still together, still fishing, that Jesus came again to them. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. As you've probably heard before, fishing on Lake Galilee is done at night in the shallows. Even yet, if you go to the Holy Land, you can see on Lake Galilee fishing at night with a stern light to attract the fish out of the lake and into the boat. So the night before, Simon had rallied the troops and they'd gone fishing. And once again, Similar to a few years before, the fishing was not good. So tired, disillusioned, disheartened, they came to shore to be addressed by a man who with the sun in their eyes they couldn't see, asking the inevitable question when the fishing isn't good, have you caught anything? No, they hadn't. And they probably felt they didn't need to be reminded of the fact. And just to add insult to injury, this man, who as far as they they knew they didn't know, started with the advice. Throw your net out on the right side and you'll catch some. And just to make it worse, they did. It was just as they turned to shore with their bumper catch, That John seemed to realize what and who was going on. It's the Lord, he said. And all too soon they were on the beach having a barbecue with bread and fish. So, why, for yet another Sunday, reflect on a resurrection appearance? Why do we not just choose one and leave the rest behind? Because surely they're all similar. They all tell us about Christ being raised from the dead and the reinvigorating of the eleven. Well, that is said in each appearance, but also something different is said. In this one, we see the beginning of the resurrection community, the body of Christ. This one sees Christ coming to the disciples where they are, in their home territory, in the place they came from, The place they feel safe within, and doing what they used to do. Christ came to them on Lake Galilee as they fished. He came to them in the everyday. They weren't on their best spiritual behaviour. Indeed, they probably weren't on any spiritual behaviour at all, as far as we contend. They certainly weren't in their Sunday or even their Sabbath best. Peter, for one, was down to his working gear. All they were doing was doing what they did for a living. They were together in a group, and they were just being themselves. Not a bad picture of the community of the faithful. Now, luckily, over my lifetime, dressing up for the Kirk has become a bit of a thing of the past. No longer for us ladies is Easter Day signaled, no matter the weather, is it signaled as the time for the spring hat and summer dress to be on, despite the fact you've got goosebumps on top of goosebumps. The disciples were just as they would be as they did what they did, catching, or in this case, not catching fish. I'm sure for many of you a bell was ringing as this was read. It very much mirrors the call of the disciples right at the start of Christ's earthly ministry. Have you caught anything echoing, I will make you fishers of men? Christ had come to remind them of their beginnings as his men. He came to them as a group to start them back on the road they'd been on he had come to point out the way they would go once the helper came and as ever he didn't leave them without the means of renewal they'd been out all night they were physically tired and hungry no doubt they were also spiritually tired and hungry after all that had happened So Christ rolled up his sleeves, got the fire going, cut cut up the bread and put some of the the catch on the barbecue to feed them once again. And many a meal must have come to mind. Every day meals at the end of a day of teaching and healing, feeding on the hillside, the bigwigs entertaining Jesus in the hope that we catch him out the wedding at Cana, the last night when the Passover went so spectacularly wrong. All these memories must have come flooding black. There would have been tears in eyes, heads hung in shame, smiles maybe playing on lips as the food filled their stomachs and their souls and they drank in everything Jesus said to them the community of the faithful, the resurrection community, here we are again. Christ is meeting us where we are, not just on a Sunday in a special place. Yes, we can meet him here, and what is more important, he goes with us as we leave here. He walks with us into our everyday life, into our homes, our offices, our schools, our colleges, into retirement, into our leisure as we give of our time and talents, Christ is still with us. Maybe asking, how effective are we being? Have you caught any fish today? Are we doing what He wants us to be doing? Are we where we're meant to be? And it doesn't matter how we're dressed or the language we use, the only thing Christ doesn't like is to be placed in a box marked Sunday and left there maybe in our pew or maybe taken home and put in a cupboard until he's brought out and dusted down to be marched once again to the kirk for another outing of the spiritual kind. He doesn't like that. He doesn't like that at all. The community of the faithful is not a one hour a week or even a one day a week thing. The community of the faithful, the resurrection community, needs to be worked at every day, 365 days of the year. And to help that to happen, he feeds us. Well, it might not be a beachside barbecue. It might not even be a formal communion service with people feeling maybe a bit stiff and a bit intimidated. It may not even be in someone's house when a couple of folk from the Kirk share with someone who can't get there now. Although in all these places and all these times, Christ is there feeding us, but he also feeds us <coughs> by the table fellowship we have over a couple with friends the meals shared with families and and friends, the Bible readings and prayers when we invite him in to feed and support us. In all sorts of ways, with all sorts of food, Christ is here and there feeding and sustaining us so that we have the energy and the power to be his community in the world. The faith needs to be communal. We need to come together. We need to be by the lakeside. Hymn 532, Lord you have come to the seashore. 532.
2: continue in our reading of John chapter 21, reading from verse 15 to 19. After breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon son of John, do you love me more than these others? Yes, Lord, he answered, you know that I love you. Then feed my lambs, he said. A second time he asked Simon son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Then tend my sheep. A third time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that he he asked him a third time. Do you love me, Lord? He said, you know everything. You know I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. In very truth I tell you, When you were young, you fastened your belt about you and walked where you chose. But when you are old, you will stretch out your arms and a stranger will bind you fast and carry you where you have no wish to go. He said this to indicate the manner of death by which Peter was to glorify God. Then he added, follow me. Amen, and may God add his blessing to this reading from his Holy Word.
1: Thank you for that. The community of the faithful is important. It's very difficult to be a Christian in isolation. All the so-called Christians who say they don't see any need to come together once a week are at best doing themselves out of an enriching experience, but I suspect are putting their priorities into golf or hill walking or self because we all need the community of the faithful. We all need the resurrection family, but we also all need individual chats with Christ himself. Peter had a lot he needed to say and have said to him to heal the self-inflicted scars from that horrific Thursday night. Peter wasn't the man he'd been when he was the brusque big man of the group. Secure in his belief in Jesus and even more secure in his own ability to support and defend his friend. All that had gone, tipped over by a serving girl who innocently asked him, aren't you a friend of that man?" wasn't he a friend? Hadn't he promised that he would stick with Jesus through thick and thin? He had told that Christ that he had no need for anyone else, (coughs) excuse me, when Peter was on the case because Peter wouldn't let him down. A cock crowing brought the big man to his knees tears in his eyes and rendered him useless in his own estimation. Maybe the putting on of the robe in the boat wasn't wasn't to cover what he was wearing. Maybe it was to hide behind. We often hide behind our clothes, don't we? Maybe he wasn't so much making himself decent as trying to make himself invisible. Who knows? What we do know is that Christ knew that Peter needed a chat with him. So after the meal, he took Peter aside and quietly challenged him, as to his love and his commitment. Three times. Simon, son of John. That is very formal from a friend. Christ was pointing out, this is no easy task. This is a life examination. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Three times, to wash away the three betrayals, the three disownings. Three times, Simon, son of John. Three times. By the third time, Simon, son of John, was getting a bit cheesed off but each time he had to say yes. And to each yes, he was given a job. Feed my sheep, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. You see, we come to Christ. We come into the fellowship, the community. We come to faith as individuals, as individuals. Whether you join the Kirk as a young person on the cusp of adulthood, or as an older person, or as someone looking death in the face, you do it alone, alone with God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When we confess our sins and our faith, we do it alone in our hearts to Christ, either through the words of the prayer of confession, or in the silence of prayer, it is you and me alone with God telling him penitently and honestly what we have done and how we are sorry. Of course, sometimes in the middle of it, we get a bit fed up, and so we put in a bit of self-justification, but Christ gently pushes that aside as he asks each one of you, as he asks me, Esther, do you love me? And I need to admit how unloving I have been before I can even get to begin to tell him how much I love him. Christ's body, the church, we come into personally. And if we want to leave it, we must leave it personally. No minister, no Kirk session in the Kirk can take a whole congregation out of the Kirk, as some sadly have done. You leave or you stay as an individual because we're called to faith as an individual. It means maybe something that happened at a rally with lots and lots of others present. It may have been a moment of enlightenment in private. It may have been something that just grew on you. No matter how it happened, it was a private moment between you and God which became a public moment when you professed your faith. But when you professed your faith, you took the vows individually. It wasn't a we do, it was an I do. And once you've done that once, once you've cleared the past, then, then you're told to go and do something about it. You aren't told to stay and be loved in the holy huddle, You and I are told to go and feed the sheep and the lambs. We're told to go out from the fellowship, into the community, and once forgiven, renewed, and fed, we're told to go and bring others to Christ. We're told to go and become fishers of men and women. We're told to go with the Holy Spirit and be witnesses to the risen Lord, because we've seen him, we've heard him, we've been touched by him. The God of all grace who's called you to his eternal glory in Christ, restore, establish and strengthen you. All power belongs to him forever and ever. Amen. Jesus calls us o'er the tumult. Hymn 509. 509. the choir, here we go, as the choir sing the anthem, the offering will be brought forward. The choir. Thank you, and what a super choice for this morning's service. Let us pray. Lord of the resurrection, we give thanks for all you've done, are doing, and will do for us, your resurrection people. We give thanks that you showed yourself to real people, real ordinary people, You trusted some fishermen and others, none of them movers or shakers, just everyday sort of folk. You trusted them with your message of hope, with the good news of the gospel. And we offer to you ourselves, our talents and our money, that you may use us as you use them to advance your kingdom once we have all been blessed with your presence. We thank you that by all you suffered, the wounds, the mocking, the abandonment, the death, you bring repentance and forgiveness to all who turn to you. For your grace upon us, your love within us, we give you thanks. But meeting you is not enough. Meeting you is the beginning, not the end of the story. You call on us to feed your sheep and lambs. And so we pray for the world. We pray for those outside this building who feel it's the closest they can get to you. We are your witnesses, so let us witness in ways that go beyond words. In silence now, we pray for those known to us who are sick, Those who are mourning. We pray for those caught up in conflict, be it domestic, tribal, or national. We give thanks this morning that the civilians caught up in Mariupol's works have made it to safety and we ask your blessing on that country and all those who are trying to bring peace and all those who are trying to bring understanding, bringing parties together. And we think of those who this morning lack even the basic necessities of food, clean water, medical aid, education. Lord, the stories that tell of your deeds are wonderful to share but words are not enough. Help us to make them relevant. May we bear witness to your love in the care and concern we show. Let the power of the resurrection be seen in our lives. So may every thought be a prayer, every action a witness to you, through you the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our final hymn this morning is 739. The church's one foundation is Jesus Christ her Lord. 739. us from complacency. Lord, your rising was more than just a happy ending. Challenge our assumptions. The story continues, but only continues through us. So go, and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, go with you and remain with you this day and forever.